And welcome into another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York, as this is Impact Media's weekly foray into the world of pro wrestling and MMA. Lots to talk about, as always. AEW was hammering it out last week. Uh, Impact is setting up for some fun things that probably happened this week, if you've seen them already. I kind of knew some of them were coming, but I couldn't say anything. Uh, we'll talk UFC, we'll talk Bellator. There was some fun stuff that they did over the weekend, some stuff coming up uh, as uh, as well. Actually, the UFC wasn't didn't have an event over the weekend, but they have one coming up, and it could be a pretty big one. But first, oh, I always forget to do this. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this uh, possible, make it fantastic for us to come on and talk MMA and pro wrestling each week. Also, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter, at Team Impact Media, we'll find uh, all of our shows, including this one. Um at the Impact 99, also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Triller, all that. Uh, we'll find me personally, plus all kinds of uh, the show's links and stuff as well. Uh, Facebook, just Impact Media, you, you'll be able to find us. and Or you can look up Strong Style or Impact Media or any of the such. Anywhere you find a podcast. Uh, shout, you know, I never... I never remember to do this either. Shout out to Blog Talk Radio, where uh, it has been the home of our shows for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about other places, you know, things like Spotify and those kind of things. Yeah, we're on those too, but uh, Blog Talk Radio, man, has been our home for a good while, and uh, we definitely appreciate them. Let's get into the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble and its fallout. We'll talk about the fallout next week, but the fallout. Pretty much my Raw and SmackDown for this week will be Royal Rumble. Let's start. We had Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. This is a battle we want to see for a little while, and we're going to get to. Roman and Rollins, they go back and forth. Uh, they have a big history. Um... Also, I mean, we know Roman, uh, the Usos obviously couldn't be at ringside, but Roman is going to find some way to try to get out of this. And, well, what he did was get himself disqualified. And in getting himself disqualified, Rollins wins the match. He makes it to where they will have a rematch somewhere in the immediate future. So keep this in mind, though. After Royal Rumble, is always Elimination Chamber. So let's expect something similar to that, right? Right. Because this didn't need to be a one-off battle, and we know that. This needs to carry on possibly to WrestleMania or maybe even after Mania. It, it can skip a Mania because we'll get into something here in a minute that makes a lot more sense. But Seth Rollins is a legitimate contender. Seth Rollins uh, deserves probably another run with the title. Roman's doing some fantastic things, but at some point, you want to give him a break or a rest. And at the same time, Seth, he can go a, uh, a totally different direction with the audience than Roman can. Roman is going fantastically down one way. If you ever want to curveball it, you curveball it that way. But Rollins wins by DQ, as I said. This will continue their feud moving forward. And uh, we'll see what Monday's, or rather, uh, this being Friday, tonight's SmackDown will bring. That will tell us uh, what's going on moving forward with that. Uh, 
next matchup they had was the Women's Royal Rumble. And I thought I kind of had it figured out. Remember, I kind of hinted towards Ronda Rousey was returning. It would make a lot of sense to have her win. Remember, I come up with a a fantastic match idea. I don't know if they're going to do that. I'm going to reiterate it. And uh, if you don't believe me, go back and listen to last week's show where I come up with the idea that Ronda Rousey wins the Royal Rumble. Uh, It then becomes a triple threat at WrestleMania between her, Becky Lynch, who is the SmackDown champ, or no, the Raw champ, and Charlotte, who is the SmackDown champ, with this stipulation. If it's not a winner-take-all, It's kind of a, a double title match in a way. If uh, it, could, it could be a double title, we could do that. Not to unify them, but a double title. Uh, if Charlotte Flair is, is pinned or submitted, the person who does that would be the SmackDown champion. If somebody were to pin or submit Becky Lynch, that person would become the Raw champion. Which means if you already have a belt, you do that, and then you have two belts. Becky, two belts could be back. Or, in like Ronda Rousey's case, if she pins either one of them, then she would become the champ for that show. Now, for the people who say, Ronda just came back. She doesn't need to be handed a title. It doesn't need to be handed a title opportunity. How many, how many times does WWE do this with the men? In a time, especially in the world of football and other places, where a equality is is uh, being and integrity is being called into question for various things, wrestling could use a little updating as well. But WWE and some other ones do a pretty decent job of uh, making them equal, equal time. You know, because it used to be women's matches were about five minutes long, usually involved. Uh, scantily clad outfits and underwear, basically, undergarments, along with pillows and things like that. Yeah. But it's not, it's, not, it's not there anymore. Now it's the legitimacy of their talents and their athleticism, and uh, it's, it's come a long way in just a short time. And uh, it's still got, still got things to do. But overall, it's in a better place now than it was. So that being said, Ronda wins the Rumble. I have not seen anything from this week yet because I don't, you know, I, you guys, for you guys new to the show, whenever I do the show throughout the week, I, I have not watched anything from this week. So I have not seen Monday's Raw. I've not seen Tuesday's NXT. I've not saw Wednesday's AEW Rampage. Or no, that's Dynamite. Rampage will be on shortly, in a few minutes. And I have not seen Impact Wrestling. And once again, I know some stuff from them. I'm not sure who Rousey is going to challenge. I think they should drag it out just a little bit. They probably won't. But I very much, maybe the Elimination Chamber could factor into this. Even though the match usually turns out well. But it's so taxing on your body that I kind of wish they'd get rid of it. But I understand why they do it. Congratulations to Rousey. She looks to be in pretty good shape. She says herself she wants to be um, she wants to be a little in, in better shape. I think we all do. But she says in order to, to get back where she was before, uh, she's got some work to do. But, hey, she looked pretty good in the Rumble. She came out, she did her thing. Uh, Becky Lynch defended her Raw title against Dewdrop. It just, there wasn't a lot of build-up to this match. It was a little bit here and there. Dewdrop, to be able to have this opportunity, is fantastic. She's not been able to come for that long. She's a great performer. Becky Lynch is an exceptional performer. Uh, this match came off really well. And, uh, the finale, using, uh, I forgot the name of the move now, but using, uh, Becky Lynch using the top rope as her friend and ally here. And not to cheat, legitimate. 
Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I want to see. Here's here was my issue though with the women's rumble. They had to have outside people and uh, former people in order to fill a thirty-woman battle royal. That's not good. Instead of bringing back Summer Ray, the Mickey James thing, okay, I kind of understood they, they they were wanting to do it because they could. But if you don't have enough person for a thirty woman battle royal, you have two options: either don't do it, and I understand, or if you are going to do it, here's an idea: why didn't you use some of the great talent down in NXT? For one, depending on who you use, it may give off the vibe that maybe one of them is going to make the super jump up, even if they don't. You're putting more emphasis on the unpredictability. Because going into this, we all know about three people had the opportunity to win. Either Charlotte was going to win, either Ronda Rousey was going to win, or like one or two other ones. The Mims was kind of the same way. It was down about four or five people automatically. So, if it were me, I would have used some of the great uh, women from NXT that could come in and, 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 you know, get a few things in, and then you eliminate them. It's, you know, we wouldn't expect some of them to win, but if you put Raquel Gonzalez, if suddenly she came in, it's going to boost her credibility and boost her overall uh, presence, even if she gets eliminated. But if she comes out, people are going to be like, oh, man, you know what? Maybe she's getting called up, and she's going straight to WrestleMania. Uh, Io Shirai. There's, I mean, Kaylee Raven. There's a good handful of, of, of the talent down there that if they were to suddenly show up in, in a Royal Rumble, you'd go, hmm, maybe. It's not a far stretch. You know, even even Mandy Rose, who is the champion down there, if she were to show up with her entourage and join the Royal Rumble, you'd kind of have to ponder that for a minute. But they didn't do that. The Rumble went off okay. Like I said, it was, it was fine. Becky and Dewdrop put on a fantastic match. Becky retains. We'll see what they do with Ronda now. Because that's that's the question mark. Uh, what Charlotte does and what Becky does is irrelevant until we know who Ronda is going to challenge. Uh, up next was Brock Lesnar defending the uh, SmackDown or no, the Raw Championship rather versus Bobby Lashley for all the build up for all the. For all the uh, pageantry, this was a great battle. This was a physical battle, the one we thought we would see, the one we should have seen multiple times up until now. But having to wait till this long, it was a great payoff. They, I'm not giving you credit on this WWE. I'm saying you dropped the ball up until this moment, but it made up for it that these two were just—it was great, just great. Uh, it comes down to, which is what I think it's going to eventually lead to, uh, Roman comes out, takes out Brock, and Paul Heyman, I believe, yeah, he, he took the title and hit Brock with it and turned on him and left with Roman Reigns. Yeah, left with, I mean, what a great... We didn't see that double cross coming, right? We knew when he let, you know, Roman Reigns punches him in the face. He uh, basically gets fired. And so he goes back with Brock for a couple weeks and then flips on Brock. We, I didn't see it coming. Uh, when I saw it myself, I, you got me, WWE. You got me there. You dropped the ball and that other stuff, but uh, uh, you picked it up and ran right there. That was uh, fantastic. Lashley, your new Raw champion. Which makes sense, because now this sets up Brock and Roman to continue their thing. That you didn't need two titles involved with it, you really only one. But it, it'll work. 
It'll be fine. And lastly, it's free to go after other contenders or contenders to come after him. And now you've strengthened your WrestleMania card even further. Uh, then we had the talk about pageantry. This was a pageantry match for sure. It was um, Edge and Beth Phoenix who took on The Miz and Maurice. Now, we all pretty much knew that Edge and Beth were going to win, which they did. Uh, they, they had some really cool moments in this. The Miz is fantastic for anybody to work with. Having uh, Beth and The Miz have some interaction was good. But uh, in the end, Edge and Beth win here. And then I would say I would say at some point you have the edge or the edge. You have Edge and the Miz face off again. Uh, maybe this could build up at WrestleMania. Maybe I mean, you can have you can have their their wives out there as well, but we've already seen the tag match, so I just want to see the two guys face off again. I think uh, Miz and I mean uh, Maurice and Beth Phoenix don't need to wrestle because as good as Maurice is, Beth can just pick her up and throw her wherever she wants, and it wouldn't be much of a match. And then the. Uh, men's Royal Rumble, and in something that I put thought into, and something also that I had heard from, I think it was John Chuckery of 92.9, over the weekend, I was, uh, I was doing some errands around town, and, uh, I usually listen to podcasts a lot, but, uh, as I was, uh, unplugging my phone, so I could go inside the store I was at, uh, it was on 929, and he had some thoughts on the Royal Rumble. And he said, well, I think Brock's going to lose his title, and then he's going to win the Royal Rumble. And I went, I didn't think about that. And then what happened? Brock lost his title to Lashley, and then he won the Royal Rumble. So who is he going to go against? Lashley, who he just lost his title to, uh, I'll say no. Or Roman Reigns, who cost him the title. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much a lock now. We don't need Elimination Chambers to tell us that. We don't need other things to tell us things like that. There's just... That was a slam dunk. It made perfect sense. I don't think they called an audible in that. I do know there were some heated words in the back between uh, Brock and Vince, and Shane McMahon. And it basically cost Shane McMahon his position in the company. He didn't get promoted. He didn't get demoted. He got let go. I think he was probably ready to, to move on and go back to doing some things. He was a he was a great fight promoter and things like that before he joined back up years ago. But uh, apparently he uh, kept kind of big-dogging people and running his mouth in the back after not, not, you know, getting overruled by most of his ideas on the Royal Rumble, apparently. And um, they had enough of it. So they said, deuce, scoose. And so, there's no Shane McMahon now. It's interesting. Triple H has been at home still recovering. Vince has been back on TV a lot more. And Shane just got let go. I have a feeling. Once again, I have not seen anything this week. I have a feeling. That we are going to see Stephanie back on. At some point. Yeah, there's no reason for her to take over anything because Adam Pierce is doing a great job. Uh, Sonya Deville is doing a great job.
And um, I don't know. It was kind of time for a shakeup. I think Shane is going to go back to doing some other stuff he wanted to do. But, yeah, that's pretty much the Royal Rumble for you, though. It's kind of went the way we thought it would for the most part. Um, a little surprise on Ronda winning, which kind of thought could happen. Uh, a little surprise that Brock jumps in and wins. Uh, bigger surprise that Brock loses to Lashley, even though that's not, nothing to take away from Lashley. That makes sense to me. Um, but yeah, that's Royal Rumble. It will be fun to see this week's stuff, and I will start watching as soon as this show is over. And uh, see the aftermath, and we'll talk about it next week. Early next week. NXT. NXT, we have uh, another match in the Dusty Tag Classic. MSK, last year's winners, take on took on Jacket Time, which is yeah, his name is Jiro Ichiban. It's like Ichiban Jiro wrestled with a jacket and uh, and Kushida. What a fantastic team that is! But uh, MSK end up the win there as we thought they would over a decent, credible team. Makes sense. Uh, MSK advances. I would imagine they're going to probably make the finals. I don't know if they'll win, but they'll make the finals, I think. Um, it looks like Escobar and Braun's feud is going to kick up even more. Once again, I, I really look forward to this because Braun is still, I can't call him green because he's been wrestling for a good handful of years, but he's not a seasoned veteran. I have no problem with him being the champ. I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of Escobar's as well. Escobar being the seasoned veteran that he is. Seasoned veteran, not seasoned. I think we're going to see some really good matches, plural, between these two. And that's a good person for Braun to beat in his first title defense. It makes a lot of sense. So moving forward. Because here's the thing is, if... The rest of Legado del Fantasma shows up. Tommaso Ciampa has already kind of said he's the one that'll step up and meet him. So, Braun versus Escobar, I think that's going to be a really, really good matchup. Matchups, plural. I think they get at least two out of that. Um... Other things that uh, I'm trying to build Boa. Boa's okay. Boa's a good talent. I don't really like the weird sci-fi crap he's doing. But uh, he had a good battle with Solo Sokoa, who I'm pretty sure is the brother or cousin of the Usos, as, I, as I've said before. They had a Falls Count Anywhere match. Solo wins. They like Solo a lot. And I want to see what they do with him as they elevate him, because he's not quite ready for the North American title picture, so he's definitely not ready for the heavyweight, but there are some things I think Solo Sokoa could do that uh, he's going to start winning more and more of you guys over, and uh, he's doing some good work in there. Um, the uh, Grizzled Young Vets took on Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward which, uh, after the match, were attacked by Von Wagner and uh, his new manager, I guess, uh, Robert Stone. This may be what Wagner was missing. He's a big, strong, physical wrestler who sometimes has trouble talking and getting eh, kind of the emotion to things out. Well, that's what Rob Stone's great at. So... It's going to be fun to see that particular pairing. Um, of course, Andre Chase, who I was pretty sure last time I checked, was a um, was a heel, has suddenly become a face. They've partnered him with uh, Bodie Hayward, 
And um, at least they're they're a tag team that'll get some play because it's the the Chase University is it's kind of like the patented Simon system and things like that that uh, you're gonna start off not liking it and then you're gonna end up really liking it. So good for them. We want to see what Wagner and Stone can do now. We find out who Grayson Waller's new muscle guy is, and that is uh, Sanga. So we'll see what they do with that. It's kind of his Tyson Tomko, if you want to give a real big throwback there. Um, that's pretty much NXT. There was a couple things here and there, but none of it. I mean, Cameron Grimes and uh, Tony D'Angelo had a match where Pete Dunne came out at the end. So that tells me that D'Angelo and Dunn are not done yet. Like a better word, they're not finished yet. And uh, Cam is going to be going for the North American title soon. So, you know, even though that was the main event, uh, Cam is, I don't know, ten times better than Tony D'Angelo or more. And match really had no relevance except for it to give Pete Dunn a reason to come out and come after Tony D'Angelo. AEW. AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage. They're both Beach Break, which is, I've kind of learned, what AEW does is about once a month, they title that week's shows after something. It's kind of like the Clash of the Champions that WCW used to do. It was, it's basically in saying these are pay-per-view quality matches that we are giving to you, not necessarily for free, because you're still paying your cable, satellite, streaming, whatever, but... We're uh, giving you two of you on a discount, kind of like UFC Fight Nights, where you can find them on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and not have to pay like 80 bucks. Not a bad deal. Beach break, though, the opening match was Sammy Guevara defending his interim TNT title against Cody, who had the actual TNT title. Not actual, he had the, the original in a ladder match. A lot of really good spots in this one. Um, there were some times they probably both really got dinged up. It wouldn't surprise me if Guevara didn't wrestle this week and that Cody was off for a week or so. After these kind of matches, you really, really need to take a little bit of time off to make sure you're healed up. But Sammy Guevara gets the win. After kind of getting slighted a couple times and, and Cody kind of looked like he's big dogging somebody, they did the right thing. Sammy Guevara wins the belt. Really cool when he had the the, uh, the double belts on. It's always a cool look. Um, only Kenny Omega has done the triple, sometimes quadruple. But uh, good for Guevara, man. He, he continues to be a pillar. And he, between him and MJF, and as I said, um, Him, MJF, oh, Darby Allen. Uh, there, there's there's some good people that they are are looking at future wise. Um, the whole Jericho and Ortiz and Santana. I don't know if we're gonna see a split from. The inner circle, I think I talked about it a little bit last week. If they split, it's because Jericho's going to be taking some time away, taking a little bit of a break, not being in the ring quite as much, but do some commentary. He might be back on tour again, for all we know. Um, Ortiz and Santana will be fine on their own. They, uh, There is a definite matchup from some people showed up on this week's Impact Wrestling that I and I, I'm not going to talk about. Not yet. I am a huge fan of them. Yes, they come from New Japan. No, they are not Japanese. They are from an island over in that area. And uh, they did some fantastic things this week in part of the crossover. I would very much like to see Santana and Ortiz against this other duo. This duo 
who are actually brothers of the legend. If I haven't given you enough clues, watch Impact Wrestling from last night. Or watch New Japan for their most dominant tag team. I guarantee you will find it and know who I'm talking about. But uh, then that leaves Guevara, who's fine on his own. I don't know what Hager would do. I don't know if he'd go back to fighting Bellator a little more or if they would pair him up with somebody or he would just kind of solo it. Uh, him and Wardlow, I, I still think, should kind of halfway team up and watch each other's back. I think that'd be pretty good. That'd give Wardlow something to do from splitting with MJF. Uh, we get a show a showdown between Punk and MJF. Looks like we're finally going to get that match. I think we were supposed to have it on Wednesday. We will find out. <laughs> I'll find out a little later on today if, if that happened. Um, the Acclaimed are getting a lot more play on television. They are, was it Max Caster and uh, Anthony Bowens? Uh, Max being the, or Caster being the mouthpiece for sure. Hey, their rhymes are pretty good. He takes some pretty pointed shots uh, that he couldn't get away with on WWE television, but hey, he's not on WWE. Pretty good shots. They do some funny videos and stuff too, but they're a very credible, very well put together team. Um, I, I'd like to see them do more than job out as they've done a little bit recently, but you know, everybody can't win. So we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, the acclaimed, the acclaimed are growing on me. They're they're growing on me, and they're worth watching. Like I said these two, uh, they understand how to be a team. They, uh, young, good-looking kids, they, they got a chance to, to rally and get some people behind them. Uh, what else do we have? They're building up Layla Hirsch, which is nice. It's a, it's a change of pace. Her and Chris Statlander will eventually be the, uh, you know, spurned friendship battle there. Um, my guess, they're just building up somebody to take on Chris Statlander because... Everybody else is busy or been beaten by her at this point. But uh, Layla Hirsch, she can go. She, uh, I believe she's from Russia. She can go. Trained a lot of MMA and things like that. She, it's, it, it's, she's a, a matchup nightmare for a lot of different people. Uh, let's see. Then we got Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole. And before I even tell you how great this matchup finally was to see them back one-on-one again, uh, the fact that they kept looking for things under the ring was kind of weird until they, uh, I can't, uh, it might have been Cole. Yeah, I think it was Adam Cole was trying to get a chair, and the more he pulled the chair out, then the chair got pulled back back in uh, under the ring. And uh, finally, he pulls it all the way out. And who is at the other end of the chair but Danhausen? Danhausen. If you hadn't been watching Ring of Honor in the last, uh, you know, for the last six eight months, you don't know who Danhausen is. Uh, once again, Google search Danhausen. Watch Danhausen. Uh, he is now in AEW, and it's going to be fantastic. His fan base is very similar to Orange Cassidy's, in that. Almost anywhere else, if you did not know who they were, kind of the things they do that are unique, they have a very unique set of skills, basic way to put it, and and they do things completely different from other people, but it is fantastic. It is just fantastic what they do, and uh, it was good to see Danhausen appear in the main event. Now let's talk about this match. Adam Cole arguably one of the best performers on the planet. Orange Cassidy, arguably one of the most popular performers. And, and once again, his the things he does, nobody else is doing those moves the way he does them. And like I said, Adam Cole being able to play into it. They are similar size, similar build, both very athletic. Uh, just... Just a, this was main event quality. If if you would have told me this was an hour long match, first of all, I would have told you it was about thirty five minutes too long. But two, I would believe it. 
And then to have Orange Cassidy get the win, fantastic. We all know that the Elite and the Elite Plus, uh, Kyle and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus the Best Friends is just something we're going to continue to see. I, it wouldn't surprise me if we end up seeing a War Games or a multi-person match of some kind here in the near future that uh, involves all of them like that. I hope not because those matches do shorten lives and careers, but at some point we've got to have a big multi-person match like that. It led us to Rampage, where we saw the returning John Moxley, who took on Anthony Bowens of the Acclaimed, as, you know, I told you, Anthony Bowens, he's the better wrestler of the two. Caster's the mouthpiece, but uh, they're both really, really good. Uh, Moxley was able to take him out pretty well. And then as he was uh, exiting through the crowd, as he normally does, he went to walk back through uh, the entrance doors he came through, and he was staring face-to-face with Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. I'm in. I'm in. That's main event quality. I was wondering what Brian would do after losing to... Well, first get a time limit draw, and then he lost straight up to the champ. Uh, Adam Adam Page, Hangman Page. Having him and Moxley, let's do it. Let's do it, because they can play off each other like that. See, one can have a match, the other one show up. There does They don't even need to touch to see the, the, the rift they can have between each other. Um, FTR, this, finally this match happened. This was supposed to happen last week, and I believe COVID protocol prevented one or more people from being able to be there. But FTR took on Brock Anderson, who is Arn Anderson's uh, kid, and Lee Johnson, who is a Nightmare Academy graduate. Uh, they're actually a pretty good team. I don't know if they've teamed before. I don't know. You know, it's one of those, I don't know if they've teamed up before. I don't know if it's just because they know each other or they just happen to do well this time, but they look like they had been a team for a year or better. Maybe they are. Maybe they've been on some of the AEW dark stuff that, uh, you know, we don't really pay much attention to. But FTR gets the win in this one, as they should have, and it just, it shows you how deep the tag division is that, I mean, Brock and Lee are, are another team out there now. I mean, there's like, 12 or 13 teams that legitimately are pretty dang good. Uh, Julia Hart took on Jade Cargill because Jade's got to defend the title they gave her, the the TBS women's title. And uh, Julia did pretty good. I don't know how hard it is to wrestle with one eye because she's still wearing the eye patch from the Alistair Black stuff. Or not Alistair. Is it Alistair? Forgot what he calls himself now. Malachi Black, that's it. Same thing. The Malachi Black stuff. But, uh, of course, Jade Cargill wins, as we thought she would. But Julia looked good in this match. Julia, a lot of people think she's still green and uh, and not ready for some big-time matches, but she did well in this one. So, shout-out Julia Hart. And uh, congrats to Cargill. She's like 18-0 and 0 now or some, something like that. But uh, good for her. Make the most of it. You know, they didn't ask me if if uh, if I thought you were ready for the title. They think you are, and they're the ones signing the checks, so I'd listen to them. And then Jungle Express defended their tag titles against Private Party. This match was okay. Private Party is, is a, a good team, but uh, Jungle Express is just on a whole other level right now. The key thing of this match was that the Gun Club came out and attacked Jungle Express at the end. So it looks like the Gun Club, who is the number two, they might be number one now, but they're, they're the next contenders up. And so uh, Jungle Express versus Gun Club, let, me, let us have it. It left us to Impact Wrestling, where Chris Bay and Jake something started it off. Oh, I forgot. The people I would not name while ago showed up at the end of this match. Along with somebody else, too. 
but Jake something ends up with the win over Chris Bay. They need to get this Jake something crap out of the way and give him a, a proper gimmick or something better to run with because that is atrocious. I mean, he does he does fine with it, but it, if they change it to something halfway decent and then he can take that and run with it, the kid's got world champ written on him. He's, he's a big, strong kid, good talent. But Jake something is never going to win much of any merit. Where if they are able to, uh, if he's able to do something else other than that, he calls something. Then okay, now we can do something. But after all this, after Chris Bay lost, in comes Jay White. We've seen him before. He's the one who put Chris Bay, welcomed him into the Bullet Club. And the G.O.D. showed up. The Gorillas of Destiny. That, of course, is uh, Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. They are the, I think they're actually half-brothers, but their dad is Haku, or Ming, whatever you want to call him. But that is their father. And I actually think the other big guy that comes out with uh, Chris Bay sometimes, I forgot his name now. I actually think he's he's the he's a third brother. But the Gorillas of Destiny are going to be your new favorite tag team. You're, I mean, they uh, they have some Santana and Ortiz in them. They have some some a uh, little bit of Uso in them. But they very much are a fantastic team to watch. And like I said, they did something this week that uh, you're either going to love them or hate them because they did it. But it's it really stirred some stuff up on Impact. But uh, they come out, they all attacked Jake something. But basically, this this was not about attacking Jake something, which actually gives him a little bit of a bump too that he's important enough that they would all do this. No, we had to see that this incarnation of the Bullet Club, which is Jay White at the helm, who is kind of running the New Japan side of things anyway, Chris Bay, and the uh, the Gorillas uh, of Destiny. It's going to be fun. It's going to be. I am. Uh, I am uh, very excited that the God are on American turf. Uh, the Ring of Honor group. Still kind of hanging around. They didn't really do a lot this week so much. Uh, we'll get to the end. They were part of the main event. Um, looks like Mickey James and Chelsea Green are going to kind of have a program coming up soon. That should be great. They are both fantastic workers. Mickey James is a legend. Chelsea is uh, really good. Really good. Um, a lot of people don't realize this is her second stint in this company. Uh, go back and find her early stuff. She did some really cool stuff. Debbie um, Morrissey took on nine jobbers. Yeah, he actually took on nine people in one, of course. I thought he was done with the company. So the fact he's still around, that's fantastic. I would uh, like to see them continue to push him into kind of things that Matt Morgan from years ago should have been doing. And uh, he didn't get to push. So maybe W. Morrissey will. Of course, the end of his match included uh, Brian Myers and Moose. Moose who attacked him. So if it's going Moose and, and W. Morrison again, then okay. I, but in that case, I don't I don't want Moose dropping his belt to W. Morrissey because I think more uh, Moose makes better sense as the champ. Johnny Swinger took on Jonah from New Japan. Also, uh, You would recognize him from NXT. Jonah, of course, wins. But the thing that the things that I found more interesting was that they showed Dan Lambert in the crowd. I don't know if that means they're going to pull Jonah over to AEW at some point. Or Lambert's going to come out on impact and, and maybe he's going to manage Jonah for a little while. Because eh, it's not bad. Big mouthpiece with a big bruiser. 
we've seen worse. And then uh, before Jonah could attack Swinger more, Decay came out and kind of ran him off. Be interesting to see Jonah versus uh, Black Taru, I guess. Crazy Steve and him would be pretty good, too. Plus the interaction. Decay interacts with people like nobody else. Uh, that If Dan Housen was going to show up on Impact Wrestling, I feel like he'd show up with Decay. Uh, the main event was PCO versus Chris Saban. PCO had the, they're calling themselves Honor No More. That makes sense. Because they're not in Ring of Honor. And they can not be so honorable in the things they do. Makes sense. But uh, he beat Chris Saban, who had Josh Alexander, Rick Sw- Rich Swan, Rhino, and Eddie out there with him. Uh, we're going to see a big multi-person match here. We all know that. So, no need to, to waste more time. Just let's get to an impact. Uh, let's see. What else was there? Oh, there was a world of mixed martial arts. Now, like I said, I don't think... on my notes I do not think that let's talk Bellator first Bellator had their big event 273 in Arizona the home of Ryan Bader, who was in the main event, he took on uh, Moldovsky, his interim title. He had won, Moldovsky had won the interim title. And uh, while Ryan Bader was in the, this is for the world, uh, the uh, world heavyweight title, for the heavyweight. And Bader was in the light heavyweight Grand Prix, so up until the semifinals when he lost. What was the semis? Or he made the finals. I think he might have made the finals. But either way, up until that point, uh, couldn't hold up a division or didn't want to hold up a division, so they went ahead and had uh, an interim title thing there. And then in order to tie the two back together, you have just like they do in wrestling, you take the interim and you take the uh, the actual, not the actual, but the uh, you take both champs. And in this case, you had them fight. And Ryan Bader wins in a... Uh, a pretty good slugfest, but he definitely won this fight. He definitely did more than enough to convince people that, I mean, he rocked Moldovsky a few times. Moldovsky had some, some shots for him. But Ryan Bader, who a lot of a lot of insiders and a lot of outsiders say uh, they don't think he, he deserves to be in that position, well, he keeps winning fights. So as long as you keep winning fights, Ryan, I already think you deserve to be there, but you keep winning fights, you're just going to stay on top. So, uh, Ryan Bader wins that one, and in the other big fight, they had, they had a bunch of fights. Go back and watch, uh, either go watch pay-per-view or go back and watch the, um, go back and check out the, the results. Uh, Bellator's got a great app, if you want to check that out. Uh, Benson Henderson, kind of the ageless wonder. Could be his last fight. Took on Islam Mamadov. Mamadov. Mamadov gave Benson everything he could handle, and Benson gave him more. Benson wins this fight, and he deserved it. Like I said, we're not quite sure this could be Benson Henderson's last fight. If it is, what a storied career. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. Uh, he had some great, great ups. A couple okay downs. Uh, for the most part, though, all the things he did between UFC and then when he came over to Bellator, uh, he more than than he more than did his fair share and uh, deserved all the all the great accolades he, he got. So uh, uh, if that is the end, thanks Benson for a lot. I could see him at a desk. I could see him uh, doing some commentary, or some kind of something coming up soon. Uh, but uh, great career. 
And their next event's a couple of weeks away, so we'll get into that there. Uh, I do want to mention, before I start with UFC, because I'm going to preview uh, this upcoming UFC uh, fight night, I believe. Yeah, fight night. Uh, Eagle FC had an event, and this was Eagle FC 40 or something like that, which means that they've done 39 more of these. And the reason why we haven't heard about them is because they mostly take place in Asia and Russia and over that way. And uh, now they are being spearheaded. I'm not sure the exact role, but he, they're being spearheaded by Khabib and Nurmagomedov. While he's still coaching a lot of these guys. But Eagle FC had a fantastic event. They had uh, good old Uncle Chael Sonnen doing some commentary. But they're starting to do some events, and they're going to move them closer and closer this way. They're going to have them in the U.S. They're going to have them other places. And uh, like I said, the reason why we haven't heard of some of these fighters is because they fight over in uh, Asia and Europe. And we just, we're not, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, maybe reason why you haven't heard about a German soccer soccer player is, well, he plays in Germany or he plays in some uh, some league that uh, you're not familiar with. It's it's hard to, to imagine over here in America because most of our people come from around here and they play our American sports and things like that. But, hey, in the world of fighting, they fight all over the world. That should be a shirt. Uh, but uh, Eagle FC did a fantastic job with the production and the fights were good. And uh, we'll be talking more about them in the, in the uh, uh, not-so-distant future. And then last thing before I get into UFC, uh, Jake Paul has said he would like to start a fighters union. And he also says he would like to get into NASCAR. Now, unlike Floyd Mayweather, who is sponsoring a team starting this year, I think Jake wants to drive the car. So we'll see if he's done fighting wants to do something like that. It's it's not just you don't just get in there and start driving. Uh, those guys have been racing most of them their entire lives before they get a chance to be in there. But uh, I'll be honest, anything the Paul brothers do, you have my attention. Because not only is the spectacle and the circus and the and the the uh, pageantry of it all, pageantry through the word of the day. In fact, that's, that's what I'm going to call this. <laughs> this episode is going to be called Pageantry is the Word of the Day. Or Pageantry, the Word of the Day. One or the other. But either way. Uh, yeah, to start with, I thought the Paul brothers were uh, just doing a couple little spectacle things just to get attention and get money and, and just quick paydays. But if you look more into the things they do and the things they are investing their time and money into, money, yes, that's easy to see, but the time things they are spending time on, the things they mention when they talk in public. Those guys have figured it out. And like I said, they, they have my attention. They should have yours. So we'll see what he means about uh, NASCAR and uh, a fighters union. Could be nice. The problem with that is, is that going to make it hard harder to deal with um, fighting associations such as the UFC and Bellator and Eagle FC and things like that? Or, how do you govern such a thing? You know, Jesse Ventura, Jesse the Body Ventura, famously wanted to do a wrestler's union, but uh, he basically got let go from WWF for trying to do that. So, we'll see. It's a good idea. I, I like where it's going, but... You're going to have to outsmart two of the smartest people in the fighting game, and that are the uh, major promoters and guys who run Bellator and UFC. I believe you know their names. Now, UFC Fight Night, Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. I'm just going to talk about a couple of the, the bigger fights here because uh, there's, there's, some, there's some pretty nice ones on here. Uh, but you get Gentleman Jack Hermanson there. I think he's got a different nickname. I like calling that. Takes his 22-6 and six record against the 24-3 and three record of Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, um, most notably here in, in recent times, is famous for running his mouth and saying some pretty, pretty out there things. 
uh, pretty crazy and violent things. But uh, if he can get through Jack, then Sean is is gonna that's that's gonna be a leg up into the the uh, upper echelon that he is trying to get into. Now Jack could use the bump of beating the up and coming Sean Strickland to propel himself back into uh, a few conversations he wants to be into. So what Sean Strickland likes to do is uh, slowly and methodically march you into corners. So. Not necessarily corners of the cage, but into uh, quote-unquote corners, back you into the fence so that he can uh, take the shots he wants to take. So the thing to do is is to not let him march you there. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, take the shots, and uh, see what you can do. This is all going to be on ESPN+, Plus. I'm pretty sure. That's what I'm seeing here. So uh, my prediction, I think Jack's going to get the win here. I think Sean could. I think it's one of those uh, 60-40s. You know, if they fought if they fought ten times, I think six times Jack wins, four times Sean wins. I think this is one six. I think Jack is not going to let Sean march him around and back him into places he doesn't want to be. I think uh, Jack is probably going to try to take Sean down and uh, use the ground and pound in the jiu-jitsu game there. That's what I think is going to happen there. Um... Brendan Allen and Sam Alvey are going to fight in the light heavyweight division there. That should be fun. I think Sam Alvey, uh, Brendan Allen's an up-and-comer who uh, is a big favorite, but uh, don't discount Sam Alvey. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Treshawn Gore is taking on Brian Battle in the middleweight division. You've got 4-0 and over, 7-1. and one. Uh, Pretty Pretty even as far as the uh, the numbers go for those who are legally allowed to do so and want to put a little bit on there. Um, there was another one. Uh, Alexis Davis and uh, Julia uh, Stoliarenko in the women's bantamweight. That's going to be fun. Uh, two seasoned fighters. Uh, th- those ladies are, are definitely not afraid to throw down that um, I'll go out on a limb and say that could be one of the better fights on the card. And it's uh, it's pretty far down the card. So uh, maybe it still should show early. And because it's one of the, the hardest places to be on the fight card, the opening fight is going to be Malcolm Gordon versus uh, Denny's Bondar in the... Maybe it's Dennis. Either way, I know it's Bondar in the flyweight division. In wrestling, the uh, opening contest is usually the second best on paper. Usually the second best, what you think the second best match could be, because you want to open everything up with a bang. In the fight world, this is just a good solid fight that they want to start off with. So it's up to Gordon and Bondar to come out there and uh, smash things up. Like I said, the whole thing is on ESPN+. Bellator has an event in a couple weeks. We will talk more about that as it comes up. But that's going to do it for us. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this so much fun to come on each and every week to talk MMA and pro wrestling. I am Jeremy the Impact York. Told you all the ways you can follow us uh, at the Impact 99 find me on practically every social media you can always search for us on facebook anywhere you get a podcast shout out to blog talk radio once again i'm jeremy the impact york we will see you guys next week deuces gooses go watch wrestling go go watch fighting